Hey guys, it's Andy. I hope this week is treating you well, and if you feel that it isn't, I hope you are doing all that you can to find that beauty that does lie in it. Normally, in these episodes, we look at the impact of the lives that have passed on, and As important and inspiring as that can be, this time I want to also remind us that the impactful can also be impacted. Our lives are our story. So what moments will we cause people to say, I'll remember this forever? On April 11, 1939, in Long Beach, California, Janice Dorothy Curtin was born. She was one of four children. Though her parents owned a grocery store, she grew up very humbly. In 1960, she married and moved to Westminster, California. There, they had three children. To try and get a better understanding of what she was like, I had the opportunity to talk with someone who chatted with her just about every day, her youngest daughter and my mother-in-law, Jane. That started having a really good relationship with my mom once I started going to uh, uh, junior college. I enrolled at Golden West uh, Cosmetology School. And um, I was still living at home. My sister was out. I was only the only kid at home. And at that time I was working and uh, going to college full time. And when you go to cosmetology at like Golden West, it's like a job. Like yeah. you dress in like a thing and then it's like in. you clock in. Yeah. So once I went to cosmetology school and I was there and more of an adult and had, you know, my stuff together, my mom and I were more like friends. I sat there and I listened to my mother-in-law share stories of when she was younger with her mom having moments in the car listening to boy George and her trying to get her mom to be trendy and just doing all the things that are girly that you do with your mom. And as she spoke, I couldn't help but see the joy in her eyes. My mom's pretty social like I am. I'm like really social. So uh, she's pretty much like me. Like we could be super social, but also at the same time, there could be anxiety, nervousness, not wanting to go. It's very weird how we both are kind of the same kind of person. Um, She had uh, a bit of agoraphobia and agoraphobia is a fear of leaving the house. So she had a bit of a fear of leaving the house. And so she didn't go to the grocery store by herself. So I was always her grocery store, like growing up, so super close. I was always her going to the grocery store person. Always anything, if she needed to go anywhere, it was me going with her. Because they were kind of older, kind of at that point. I think that she, it kind of got to where, when I was kind of older, is where it would kind of really set in, where she had a hard time. As to where when they were younger, it not so much because she was taking us with her everywhere. I think it was a point where we were kind of growing up and not wanting to go with mom. Where it kind of sat in and then it was getting hard for her to go places by herself. herself. In any relationship, 
there is good and there are things that strain. And this family was no exception. Janice had her struggles. We may not have had like the best part of childhood, like growing up, you know, uh, both of them had the problem of drinking, both my parents, but they tried and did the best they could, you know, and knowing that now as an adult, we all have our struggles. really makes me kind of sad and some of the things that she wished that she could have done. So it's like, so with me, with my kids, I chose that I did not want to have any alcohol in my house at all while they were young growing up because almost to the fact that I like was sheltering them in a, in a way because of my childhood. Yeah, that's so, understandable. I think that's almost why like when I started getting into high school, I wanted to be out all the time. And then my, so anyway, but you know, that's like, it's, you know, it, for her, I feel like she, and, and, and I could feel her apologizing and knowing as a mom mistakes that I've made, mm-hmm. feeling that, you know, you want to apologize to your kids and it's like, you feel like you're continually apologizing mm-hmm. where it's like, I told my mom, I said, you know, stop, you know, I understand and I know that you would have done, you know, what you could have done. Mm-hmm. So when she did, you know, uh, she went into a, a rehab place. Yeah. And um, because my dad retired, and that's when my dad had started getting really, really bad. Because then my dad was home and was able, they were able to drink, you know. So my mom knew she something had to uh, stop. My dad was getting really, really sick. With his so liver. she realized it all by herself. She realized it by herself. She wanted a change. She needed a change. But uh, anyway, yeah, she was strong in the Lord. And she said to the Lord, and same with smoking cigarettes, because Skylar, that she had already quit drinking. And uh, trusted in the Lord for that and was doing really, really well. And then um, I think it was Skylar was born and it said to uh, my mom and said, Nana, you shouldn't smoke cigarettes. You're going to die. They're going to make you sick. And all the years of me saying to my mom, you know, because we had the thing like at school and elementary school saying, you know, don't smoke cigarettes, blah, blah, blah. American Red Cross or whatever. All these years of me telling my mom not to smoke, it took Skylar to say, hey, (laughs) those things are going to make you sick. And that was it. She was done. She said she gave it. That too, she gave over to the Lord and was, I mean, he just freed her of so many things. And and so she was just, you know. Yeah. So to, to see those things that she accomplished to me is like, wow, that's like huge. Because those are really like hard things. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, that was, that's really uh, uh, commendable, you know, like mm-hmm. really something to look up to for me, mm-hmm. to know that, you know, anybody can, you know, the strength God has, can do anything. Yeah. If you just trust him enough to let him do it. And she did, which is amazing. So. Yeah. I mean, she had to put in the work. Yeah. But... The work, a lot of work. It wasn't just like, oh, yeah. yeah. But yeah. So that is like, that's not easy. That's why I'm like, wow. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Her grandkids were every, everything, everything into my dad too. So as much, you know, like of trouble stuff, the other stuff outweighs it. Yeah. So, because you got to see the triumph. I did. I did. Not many people get to do that with their parents. I know. I know. That's really, 
That's cool. Like it that's it's huge. It's I mean, huge. obviously, and I'm so blessed that she was able to you know ever overcome those things. And, I and just, I'm sure that strengthened your bond with her as yeah, well. Yeah, you know for sure. Yeah. It was evident that Jane was proud of her mom. You can hear it in her voice, and I could see it in her eyes. She understood that her mom chose family over her own desires to show up for her grandchildren. I think that's definitely a choice in life that deserves great recognition. And so if Janice had so much passion for being a grandparent, I felt it fitting to interview her eldest grandson, my husband, Austin. She was just uh, always around, always in my life. Um, she was somebody that I would go to to get advice as I got older. Um, when I was younger, I just, like, big events, anything, I just remember her being there or being around. Um, she She lived... 10 minutes for me for the majority of my life so she was just always around always a constant in my life so you would say you would have a pretty close relationship with her throughout your life growing up and everything yeah she we spent a lot of time together doing anything from getting groceries to you know family dinners and um bigger events like family outings and whatnot it just seemed like she was always a part of the family she was a constant what was some of your favorite memories with her um as I got older and I wanted to kind of prove that I was growing up I got to live with her for a few years um which I wanted to go and kind of give back and help and be able to cook for her and, and take care of the house. So those years, while they were tough at times because she could be very set in her ways, they they were also nice because we got, I mean, we always spent a lot of time together, but then living together is a little bit different, especially at that stages in our lives. I was in my early 20s at that time and she was, uh, gosh, probably in her early 70s. And just, uh, it was definitely an odd couple situation, but there was a lot of good times. I enjoyed being able to cook for her and, and just kind of take care of the house. Um, we did butt heads, obviously, but it was mainly good memories. Mainly good memories. It was, uh, I'm really glad I got to spend those years with her because then after moving away and, and whatnot, I didn't get to see her as often as I did growing up. So those are good years. So you moved in with her at what age? Mm, 21, 22, somewhere around there. 21, 22. And what um, you were saying, you like kind of took care of her in a sense by cooking her meals and stuff. Why? What was going on with her? Um, she was, she was bedridden. Um, she, she was not able to, to get around, um, probably since I was in like early high school, she got more 
I wouldn't say that she was ill, so to say, but she she spent a lot of time in and out of hospitals with various things, and her mobility just got less and less. Um, so part part of me being over there was just to make sure that you know she had help getting around, or if uh, you know obviously to to help and assist in anything that I could, but to also try and you know make sure that uh, if she was to do physical therapy or anything like that, that there was somebody around to assist her in that, to help her. Do you think that by you living with her in those times um, helped your relationship grow? Uh, yeah, I mean, it definitely, I mean, it changed because um, it, it, you know, I was, I wasn't necessarily taking on a caretaker role, but I was trying to help out a lot more and um, I was becoming a young adult and you know experiencing life and different things and uh, it was just interesting we would talk about stuff I would uh, she was always very much into politics and whatnot she would always have the news on and we would just talk about the world we would talk about how things are changing um, I don't know, I got to know more about her and kinda kinda her life in those years just because we just sit and chat and still my grandmother, but to, you know, see her as uh more of a peer, I guess, in that sense, you know, to to be able to have those conversations and, you know, ex- experience life and get get that advice of all the years that she had lived already. So if you could minimize um, her down to three words, what three words would you come to mind when you think of her? Um, She had a lot of faith in Jesus. And, you know, one thing that as we've been talking about this and I've been reflecting, I just remember that she constantly had her Bible around and she would spend time in her Bible daily. Um, Like I said earlier, she is very set in her ways. Um, So there were some things that we would butt heads on and and whatnot, Um, especially when it came to the house, because it was her house. She she wanted to make it known that it was her house and that things should be kept in a certain manner, Um, which I respected. Um, And just present she was she was always in my life i just feel like she was always there um she's just very present very constant in my life i could see the emotion bubbling up inside my husband and i think it took him by surprise but he had every right to it not only was this his grandmother this was the human being he cared for. He had a unique bond and closeness with her because of that. Oh, she loved crossword puzzles. She was, as, as much as she was faithful to her Bible, she was also faithful to her crossword puzzles, <laughs> and she would do her crossword puzzles every day. So that, that helped keep her, sh- her sharp, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, and she, you know, 
come to me sometimes. I was not as much help. I would in awe sometimes. And she would, right next to her Bible was also a dictionary because she needed to be able to, to look up words and definitions to figure out those crossword puzzles and, you know, giant jumbo-sized font. It was this huge thing. It was pretty funny. Yeah, she was very competitive as well. Um, we played a lot of board games. Yeah, because she could be feisty. Uh, yes, yes, she could. Played a lot of board games, Skippo, Sequence. I know that her family owned a grocery store. <laughs> and one of the times that I became very aware of that, I had gone shopping for her and I came back with something canned good and there was a dent in the can and she rip into me if I went and bought something like that that had a dent in it even if it was like she'd get upset because there was a dent in the can and that was the kind of stuff that they would get growing up because you know whatever it wasn't going to sell or be marked down so the cans had to be pristine the produce had to be pristine and fresh she did not she she would let you have it she wanted better for you she wanted yeah she yes We'll say she wanted better for me. Well, well, that's I'm in. I'm just thinking in thought process. If she was used to that sort of thing, she wanted to make sure you didn't have that because that's all she was allowed to have. It, it helps me be more careful, be more mindful when when shopping and picking things out. I think it's only natural for us to want better for our lives, and especially for our children and even grandchildren. Maybe she didn't know how to say it or explain properly what she was feeling, and so it came out as anger. And a lot of times that happens. We're human. We get frustrated, which is why it is so important to not just want to understand one another, but extend that grace and understanding to our own self. I just remember um, she would go with us and she would get a Disneyland pass and we'd, we'd all go to Disneyland. Now she was in an electric scooter most of the time and was not going on the rides, but she just enjoyed spending time with us and seeing me and my brothers have fun that she would just go and spend the whole day at Disneyland just to kind of, you know, be around us to spend the day with us, even though she wasn't going to do any of the rides or do anything, just to, you know, hang out, spend the day, uh, maybe get an ice cream or something like that at the end of the day, just, you know, just around, just constant, just, you know, part, part of the family. Um, so I think back on those times, um, just getting together to have meals, talk, like you were saying, play games. She was always just there, just, you know, someone to talk to. If I was doing wrong, she would, you know, tell me to knock it off. I, I just remember as I was got older and was a teenager and kind of a little bit of a uh, a wise guy, she would always let me know to knock it off. Um, if, I, if I was crossing any lines um but she had a sense of humor and you know i would say some some wild things and she would laugh but if i crossed any lines she'd you know knock it off i can remember 
one of the first times I came around all of my husband's family. And at that time, he was just my boyfriend. He was trying to be that wise guy, as he puts it. He wanted to play the card game, what do you mean? And if you haven't played the game, it can be fun. And this is not an ad for it by any means, but some of the cards in the game aren't necessarily the most conservative, so to speak. And my mother-in-law knew that. So she was naturally terrified when her mother agreed to play this new game that my husband decided to bring over. She kept shooting that look at him as if to say, don't you dare. But my husband couldn't help himself and had to make a joke that had a bit of a sexual innuendo during the game. And as I looked at him with a bit of a disapproving look, his grandmother, Janice, who he thought wasn't even paying attention, quipped back that he had minimal experience compared to her. And my mouth dropped open, and I couldn't stop laughing, my husband's face mortified. And it was in that moment that I knew I liked that woman. She had smoked for years, you know, was the times back then. Um, so she had a lot of issues with her her lungs. Um, she was diabetic for as long as I can remember. Um, she wasn't very mobile, so that also, you know, if you're not moving around as much and being able to get active, uh, I just, I remember we, for, for many years, we were, uh, my mother and my father were, would take her to doctor's appointments. I just remember it was probably like my <clears throat> sophomore year. She had a fall and it just, ever since then, it was just like a tough road back. She was in and out of like rehab places trying to get that mo limited mobility that she had back. And she would, she would, uh, she'd put in the work to get back that limited uh, mobility that she had, but it was, it was difficult and it would take months and months of, you know, weeks in a hospital, weeks in a rehab place, and then weeks with physical therapy once she was finally back at her house to um, get to a spot where she was, she was able to be on her own again. And then, you know, months or a year or so would go by and then something else would happen. And it just seemed, seemed for a while there like an endless cycle of just in and out, uh, either for a various illness or an injury. Um, but she was, like you said, she was feisty. So she would, she would always get knocked down but get back up. You were mentioning how when you lived with her that she was giving you a lot of, like, life advice. Um, you know, you were able to kind of get a deeper connection with her when you moved in because you realized that she was a human being and not just, like, 
the grandma that would show up for different occasions or whatnot, right? Um, so what, what kind of advice would she give you for life? Would she talk about relationships? Would she talk about jobs? What would she say? Uh, I would talk about, you know, just r relationships maybe with, you know, another family member, maybe something like that I was frustrated about that was going on with a brother or something like that. Um, and just kind of talk to her and kind of be like, I, you know, what do you think or what's going on with that? Um, jobs. Yeah. I mean, um, I would, I would ask about things or update her on, on things that I was doing, where I was working, what was going on. Um, finances. There was a period of time when I was living with her and she was, in the hospital so I had taken over the bills and stuff like that and you know just kind of trying to help out in ways that I could but also kind of getting that life experience to to know how to to balance a checkbook she always had checks I, I remember she'd send me down to the grocery store with a check and I'd have to get the cashier to help me out because I had no clue what I was doing <laughs> Um, so she'd send me down with a blank check and, you know, just fill it out and whatnot. Um, but yeah, like balancing a checkbook, she always kept a checkbook, even when she started to veer away from checks in some aspects, um, she would always have everything balanced out. She always had a very watchful eye over her finances. Um, so I think in ways like that helped me be more financially wise and just kind of to have an understanding know a, a running balance know where I'm at um, so did she teach you that directly like you need to do this or did you just see her being very like faithful in doing it and you wanted to keep it that way or try to be the same I think it was a little bit of both um I think it was a little bit of both because I, I, as I got older, I would ask for advice and stuff like that. But as I was younger, you know, I was the oldest grandson. Like I'd get spoiled and all kinds of different things. But yeah, definitely as I as I got older, um, just watching her do that helped me be more financially wise. But I would also talk to her about stuff or come up with plans for things and, and what I wanted to do. Um, at that age, I was probably trying to get a, a better mode of transportation than whatever I had some some old back when I had that Chevy Primetime classic, classic band. <laughs> and then, you know, trying to, you know, but just trying to figure out how to rub two pennies together and get her advice or, you know, she helped me out from time to time with some money. I remember I bought one car and she, she helped me out with some money, but we had a plan and we had a payment plan of how to get her that money back. Just, you know, um, so she held you accountable. Yeah, she definitely held me accountable. And she made you understand what responsibility was. Yeah, she did. And I think it was good at that age. Cause you know, as much as I wanted to get out of my house, it wasn't just like, I was getting out and getting free rent, you know, I was 
making, I was cleaning the house. I was, like I said, helping with bills, getting groceries, cooking, but I enjoyed all that stuff. I enjoyed being able to give back to her in that way. And it was the, the least that I could do. If I could thank Janice for one thing, it would be for her giving my husband the opportunity to grow as an adult when he had no idea what he was doing. He learned so much from her, and he still uses that knowledge to direct our family in the way we should go. I know she would be proud of the person he is and is continuing to become, because I am. She was she was very faithful, um, and and she loved Jesus very much, and uh, I just I, I think that that would be her biggest takeaway. Um, she's not the type of person who would come up to you and say, "Hey, I want to let you know about Jesus," but. I, a lot of conversations we had were around that, were around faith. I just remember, you know, as she got older, um, that she would just talk about how, you know, she, she's lived a good life, but she's ready to go home. She's just ready to go home. She's ready to see Jesus. And just, diff- like, there's just different things. She had, she had a son who had died. She had already lost her husband years prior so she was very hopeful of what was to come and what was going to be waiting for her in heaven and she was she was always very hopeful of that and always kind of kept that at the center of her life because she she knew that at the end of the day there was going to be a reward and there was there was something to look forward to um so I, yeah, she she would want people to know, to have that same faith, to have that same hope, to have that same thought process as they go through life, to know that, you know, at the end of the day, your faith in Jesus will be rewarded. You were saying that, um, like how she lost a son and her husband, um, your grandpa. Yeah. Did she share anything with you about him? She loved him very much, and she would uh, she would talk about different things here and there. Um, he was very proud of his Irish heritage, and so she kind of carried that on. So St. Patrick's Day was always like a big thing, the luck of the Irish. Uh, I remember being told that a lot growing up, that I have the luck of the Irish. Um, yeah, just like different things like that, or... You know, he liked sports and different things, so we would talk. He would uh, uh, cheer on the Angels, so if there was something going on and they were in, like, a playoff game or something like that, she might actually turn that on just because. Um, thing, yeah. Thing to like, remember him by. Yeah, just kind of like, yeah. So she really kept his traditions and the things he loved and lived them out for you guys to know because he didn't get to have that time with you that she got to have yeah i feel like as sweet and like important as that is that's also very i mean that's hard like that's part of her grieving process 
and, and sharing that with you because she wants you to know and experience what he would have been like. Yeah. She kind of um, had to play both parts for you there. Right. Yeah, and I guess I never really thought of it that way, but yeah, she she definitely would try and do that. You know, from what I got to know of her, I only got to know her for maybe three years maybe um you know i you introduced me to her um, before we were married obviously when you were first dating and and then uh, she was still around until we had uh, our first born so she she did know that you know she was having a great grandchild and all of that um but she never got to meet him no not in person um just through the phone because of covid um but one thing that well a couple things that i um really appreciated was when we first um when i first was getting to know her how she would come out and play games with us um, like after dinner or something we'd have like dessert maybe together and play a round of uh, sequence and and that's how I got to know her feisty side because she was very very competitive and I was like shocked because <laughs> she was so quiet and so like to herself all the time and then like randomly she'd be like oh like you know just loud and rambunctious and it was like where did that come from you know yeah and um that was cool to see like to kind of get a taste of what it was like for you um and then also um i really also appreciated during that time as well that she wasn't um closed off in sharing like little tidbits with me about her marriage um, with your grandpa. Um, you know, she shared with me, like, and she even showed me one of the Valentine's Day cards that she had kept from him. Um, and she told me that he, one of the things that she loved about him was that he always gave her a Valentine's Day card no matter what, like he was very faithful in doing that for her. Even if it was a homemade card, it didn't matter. He always showed up with something because he wanted to make the point of doing Valentine's for her. And um, she would joke with me and tell me that I had to keep you accountable to doing that because you can't fall short because your grandpa did that and she wanted you to be like him in that, so. You better be on top of that. Um, but the other thing that I really, really appreciated um, most about, you know, over everything um, was that after we had uh, our firstborn, um, after she had passed away, they found, like, papers and, or journal little pieces of tidbits of her writing and it was her writing after phone calls with us 
or FaceTime with us and it would be like, oh, um, Jonah, our son, Jonah is saying mama now or, you know, just like little pieces of information that we were giving her about him growing up and she was like recording it for herself that she wouldn't forget and I just thought like that's so sweet because like she's never even met him for one but like two to be that um devoted to being that great-grandparent and like wanting to know and making sure that she remembered because she loved him so much like that was really like touching to me as a mom um you know I just I really appreciated that and I you know we didn't get to know that till after she'd passed but I wish I could have gotten to talk with her about that I thought that was super sweet yeah I really wish that uh she could have gotten to meet Jonah in person. It's just like you said, it was during COVID, and um, at one point I think she was in like a, uh, a rehab place. Um, so it just it just wasn't something that was very feasible because um, we were scared as well. Um, well, also wasn't safe for her because of all the breathing issues right, that she was right. having herself. But, you know, it's, I just, yeah. I'm really glad that we got to, you know, with FaceTime and whatnot, that she got to meet him that way. Yeah. Um, she had given Jonah originally this, this blanket, um, but for whatever reason, Jonah just never took to it. But now our, our youngest, Luca, has that blanket and it's like his favorite blanket that he carries around like Linus yeah from Charlie Brown so I just I'm very it's just kind of I don't know I just feel like that's a God thing that you know even though she didn't get to meet Luca that he has that his little Bible verse on it like that's somehow his connection with yeah her. yeah and those little pieces were super meaningful to her um, because she really took her role as a grandma for you and as a great grandma for them very seriously um, you know your mom told me a lot of stuff um, about how she just loved having that role to me that's really impressive because when people struggle with addiction it's easy them to be blind to stuff um, but she was impacted by you guys and I know that this show or this podcast we usually talk about how that person um, was the person who impacted people and she did she impacted you in a lot of ways but she also like in her life showed how much you had an impact on her just by existing and you know that that brought a positive change about in her life 
And I think that's a really cool connection to have and to see in a family, you know, impacting each other and helping each other grow. Yeah. Um, I, I don't, you spoke about, you know, the fact that she smoked for so many years. She also drank for uh, many years growing up. Not that I was really around, for, or when my mom was growing up, not that I was around for that. Um, but just, I remember that when she quit smoking, that she had pretty much just quit cold turkey, um, which after smoking for that many years, I can't imagine that that was an easy thing to do. Yeah. But I just remember talking to her about it, just like little things here and there, and that um, she would just tell me how how much her, her faith just really got her through that and how she would just... Um, pray and and really turn to to God in times especially when she was really struggling and just that she wasn't able to do that on her own she knows that she wasn't able to do that on her own or under her own power that she just really had to give that to to God and uh, just from that moment on I just I can just looking back see how much her faith just grew and i i think about that quite often whenever i'm struggling with something or really having a difficult time just that she was able to be so um so strong in that and just to to turn and just put put that in god's hands and uh it's you know it's crazy as a kid you know i didn't really think much of it i thought hey you know, you shouldn't have done that anyways. <laughs> that wasn't a good decision to make, you know, obviously knowing what we knew, know now about smoking. Um, but just as I get older and, and as I have struggles and, and other things of my own, just to kind of think about that retrospectively and, and try and have that same faith and strength to be able to give up my own demon so to say and to just really you know give it to God and I just I never thought back then that you know the things she told me about that or her, her doing that would have such an impact on me today but I think about it quite often mm -hmm. I, I love my grandma very dearly um, and I miss I miss her very much I really wish that she could have met both Jonah and Luca in person. Um, but just how she would look forward to heaven and all the things that she had waiting for her, I I could keep that same mindset and, and just uh, know that one day I'll see her again. I just want to say thank you. Um, I know you're my husband and you know we're allowed to be vulnerable and share and have all these intimate moments with each other but um, sometimes it can still be hard to share these things and bring up old emotions that we thought we let go of um, but I'm going to say that one I'm very proud of you for you know allowing your walls to come down and share about this because I know that 
it is sometimes a sensitive subject um, but I am proud of you for seeing things and growing um, I'm also proud of the the person that you are um, and you've become and just thank you for sharing well thank you you were a great host I love you and I will continue my grandfather's Valentine's <laughs> tradition because it is the Irish way I guess oh I wish way alright I'm gonna hold you to it We are all given unique and wonderful opportunities in this life. We get roles and titles of mom, dad, grandma, auntie, brother, or friend. And many times we accept it without another thought. But I think Janice was awakened to life when she understood her title as grandma. She chose to be present and to be a part of the generations that were coming after her. She did her best to pour into them and to change her ways that could potentially hinder them. And that's admirable. That's honorable. And that was her heart. To grow from any relationship, I think, is a feat on its own. But how awesome would it be to know and realize that and be intentional about it from the very start? Remember This Forever is brought to you by Breathe Yogi, a brand that believes in the power of people living intentionally. To learn more, you can follow Breathe Yogi on Instagram or visit breatheyogi.com.